Hey everyone, welcome to Unlikely to Apologize. I'm one of your hosts, Nikki. And I'm Heather. Hello. Hello. How are you today? I'm actually good, considering that I had a, like a menti B on Sunday, and I don't know like what's going on with me. So. Oh no. Um, yeah, it was so weird. I like you. We, you, and I talked, and you know, we had to reschedule or whatever. And then I was like, oh, I have a bunch of errands. I'm going to run. I'll get that done because, you know, John wanted to go out. And then I got in the truck and I sat in the truck before even pulling out of the driveway. And I was like, you can do this. Like, you're fine. Like, don't don't let this bother you. Like, I could feel it starting. And I'm like, like, you're OK. Let's just go to Target. And I was like, you want to like all I wanted to do is buy a pair of jeans and a sweater, even though it was That's 95 it. degrees here. That's all I want. It's cold now. I know it's beautiful. Well, now. it's not cold. It's colder. It's a beautiful fall day. Yes. <laughs> so I I pull into Target and I literally sat in the parking lot for like five to 10 minutes, like asking myself, what's wrong with me? What's setting me off? Like, why do I feel this way? And I like had to have like this pep talk to get out of the truck to get into Target. So I go into Target and I grab a couple shirts. I grabbed I touched all the jeans. Now I don't know you. I know you know the inside joke about when I go shopping. Like John says, I have to touch everything because I need to feel the fabric. <laughs> so I didn't like any <laughs> how the jeans felt. So I was like, all right, let me do these shirts. And I went to go into the dressing room, and I was like, I don't want to fucking do this. So I just put stuff back and I left and I went home. And John was like, that was quick. And I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me, but like I just don't want to do anything. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm miserable. And, you know, my favorite thing to do is literally go shopping. Right. Well, <laughs> and Target I, is like a happy place. You can't be sad in Target. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> there was other places I needed to go, but they didn't open up to like 10 or 11. And I was like, I don't feel like waiting until 11 o'clock for TJ. Or I don't think it was TJ Maxx. I think it was Old Navy. I wanted to go to. Oh, it was Sunday. So like, yeah, later on Sunday. Yeah. So I literally sat on the couch and, um, went through like like uh Facebook like videos and I was crying and laughing in a matter of like 15 to 20 minutes and John oh looked God. at me like I was crazy and I felt crazy. So then after that he was like why don't we just take the dogs for a walk? So we took the dogs for a walk and I felt better. Like endorphins, right? Um and that got me to like kind of go through my clothes a little bit because you know I need to do my transitioning. And then I just sat back down on the bed and like watched TV. And then I got up and I went into the living room and he was watching football. And then he just looked at me he's like, are you okay? And I was like, like on the verge of tears. And I was like, I don't know why I feel this way. Aww. And he was very much like, like that. He was like, oh, and I was like, I just like, I hate it. So, um, I've like did more research. I've confirmed and I'm going to, I have a doctor's appointment in November. I have to go for blood work next week. Um, but I've confirmed that depression is definitely a side effect or a symptom of Hashimoto's. So definitely I, I'm not controlling it like I was. Yeah. And I think what's killing me is like in, in June, I, and I know we've talked about this on the podcast in June, I felt amazing, like on top of the world, like I, my weight was good. You know, I wasn't having any pains. I wasn't having these like severe mood swings, but for whatever reason, I can't control it right now. So, um, I'm going to talk to her about it. I started a new supplement. I'm going to give the supplement 30 days. If the supplement doesn't work, um, I think I'm going to try hormone therapy. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm, I'm setting my own plan for myself. So there's that Minty bees oh on Sunday. So, well, so you are still, I mean, you still walk the dogs every day, right? How often are you doing any other kind of movement? So that's the other thing John and I talked about is cause as you know, that's like, I need that. Um, but I think everybody with, needs that. It's yeah. it's a very um, it's very important for obviously your physical health, but also your mental health. Right. So I was like, if you look back, if I was trying to think like all the things I was doing back in June, like I had a steady like workout plan, April, May, June, and then something I don't know why something happened in June, but something like I stopped doing it, and I yeah. don't know why. Um, so him and I talked and with him transitioning to that new, the new position at work, he, um, we're going to try to find a way for me to go in the morning 
so he can like work from home in the morning and then he'll go into the office because I told him on Sunday, I was like, I think I really need to start incorporating that again because it sucks. I don't have a car. So yeah. if I don't go, I'm definitely not going after like work and after dinner. Like I just won't do that. I know. Yeah. I know. my, I know it's, myself. So nobody that wants I know, to do that. Yeah. So that I know is a huge part of it. Um, but then like Sunday night come like four o'clock, totally fine. Like nothing ever happened. And I haven't felt down at all since since Sunday morning. Jeez. It's so weird. Yeah. So that that was my weekend. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I feel like even if you added like three days a week, you know, That's and what if, I'm gonna... if, if it doesn't work out where you go during the week because you don't have a car, then Saturday, Sunday morning you could go. Yeah. So um, and but it, even if I... you're just doing like three or four days a week, it's more than nothing. And I'm not saying that's gonna cure obviously it's not gonna cure right. it. It's a right. you know but, but it like, may. Yeah. And but here's the thing, like I was doing stuff at home and like, now I just don't, I think with, it's so, I think more recently too, like, I don't want to work out from home because I don't want to make a mess because it's things on the market. <laughs> so like, cause when I work out from home, shit's everywhere. Right. Cause I go through like my office and like the rest of the house. So, um, I think I need to get out of the house. I think that's the biggest thing is just getting out. So. Well, you don't leave the house, right? You work from home, you're home all day. Um, so that's another, um, another part of it. I found that, you know, when I left my job in March and I was just home and I would work out from home and I was just home, I started to feel really depressed mm -hmm. over, cause it, you know, over weeks and stuff of just never leaving the house. Right. Um, and so I leave the house now I go to Pilates four or five days a week. Um, and just getting out of the house and working out with other people, there's something that I have felt just in it, like shifted mentally right. as well. Obviously if there's a hormone imbalance or there's chemical or other things going on, Yeah, but it, it does something when you do that, like you're, first of all, you're changing your scenery, mm -hmm. you're moving your body. Um, so that may, that may be something that's really helpful for you too. Yeah. So we'll see. Part of me was like looking at used cars. I'm like, what if I just buy like a, like a beater for like three or four grand that I just need to drive to the gym every day. Just to go to the gym every day. Just to go to the gym every day. So yeah. So that's, that's that. But um, I also went to see my gynecologist to follow up with all the pains that I was having during what I think is ovulation. And um, I don't know if this is TMI, but he was doing like the, the vaginal ultrasound mm -hmm. and he was like, he was like digging to the right. And I say digging because he's digging and I'm like squirming because it's painful. That's and, so miserable. Ugh. So he, he measures the right one and he tells the woman what the measurement is or the nurse. And then he goes to look for the left one and he can't find it. And he's like, Hmm, this is uncommon. And I was like, wait a minute. If you say something is uncommon, I have it. <laughs> And yeah. he starts laughing. I was like, you should know the history between us. Like nothing's uncommon. And he goes up, oh, found it. There it is. And I was like, what? He's like, your leftovers behind your cervix. And I'm like, oh, awesome. Great. Thanks. So a lot of the pain that I've been feeling is because of the placement of that as well. So what do you do for that? Um, so he doesn't want to go in to do anything. He doesn't want to take the ovaries out. He told me to just monitor my pain. And if it gets to the point where it is debilitating again, then he he'll go back in. But he's very much like he doesn't want to go in and then, you know, doesn't find anything. Right. Because there's also right. he's, he's a little worried that maybe there's endometriosis on my ovaries that he didn't see um, when he went in for the for my uterus. <laughs> uh, so but he also doesn't want to put me into menopause. So and really right now what's happening, it's only one to two days that I feel the pain. And it, as soon as I take like ibuprofen and lay with a heating pad, I'm fine. But yeah, it's just it just are sucks. you are you tracking your cycle with like the basal body temperature? So I haven't done the temp it's literally right by my bed. And yeah, so that's like the only way to really confirm if you actually are ovulating. Yeah. So you need to do that. I need to do because that. You, so, you, it, you probably need to confirm the timing of it too, right? Because maybe it has nothing to do with your ovulation. Maybe it's a different time of so month. I think, and maybe if it's not every month, it could be. So uh, I'm a doctor now. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if your left ovary placement is in a weird place, right? You're, you, 
alternate every month. Right. So when you're ovulating from your left ovary is maybe that's when that's mm-hmm. why I'm saying if you track it, because then, you know, for sure, right. I did ovulate. I didn't mm-hmm. feel any pain this month. Then mm-hmm. I did ovulate and I felt pain. Maybe it's. Yeah. Um, I've kind of narrowed it down without, without the temperature, it's either ovulation or luteal phase. Um, but yeah, I have to, it's, it's literally, I'm just, it's, I literally wake up in the morning. I take my, my Levo and I, I don't do the temperature and I need, I need to just do the temperature. So that's, that's, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's just me being lazy. Well, yeah. And then you, you could also know, like, you know, if it was supposed to be when you would get your period or like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I've just, I've been tracking my temperature um, and it's crazy when you actually do it and you notice when your temperature changes, you actually like, I'll know, I'll wake up and be like, I feel warmer today than I did yesterday. So I know that like, I have a, so it's, it's really weird. Yeah. Like when you start to do it, you really like start to pay attention to your body. Right. So maybe you just do it for two months and just see if. It is yeah. in fact around when you ovulate because your temperature will actually rise after you've ovulated. Mm-hmm. So then you would look and see what your confirmed ovulation date was. And you can be like, oh, I had pain that day or I didn't have pain that day. Right. Yeah. I've narrowed it down to the days of the month. It's between the 13th and the 15th. And so it had 13th and the 15th or the 23rd to the 25th. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like in June, it was the 23rd to 25th. July, it was the 13th to the 15th. August was the 13th to the 15th. And September was the 23rd to the 25th. And then this month was the 13th. See, what I'm wondering is because it's not the same time, right? You Your cycle would be around the same time. I know. Maybe you aren't ovulating every month. And so what no. would be interesting would be, are you ovulating one month when you don't have pain? Or are you ovulating when you do have pain and then it's the left ovary that's ovulating, but you're not ovulating when it's supposed to be the right side. Right. Because yeah. it shouldn't be, right? It shouldn't if you be are that ovulating, big. they should be around the same time. Right. Not that far apart if you are in fact really ovulating. I know it's like 10 days apart, which is what's weird to me because yeah. I just looked at it uh, this morning um, because so I was, you know, I started bartending and I um, last Thursday, which was the 13th, I turned to Savannah. She's the manager there. And I was like, do you have ibuprofen? And she was like, yeah. I was like, can I have that now? Because we got about 30 to 40 minutes until I'm immediately handicapped. And she started laughing. And then she was like, do you, you have it down to a science? I was like, I do. And then I kind of explained her like everything I've been through. And I took, she had Advil. I took that, but it like, it starts like in my abdomen and then it'll go to my back. So I was like walking like a stick up my ass because the Advil hasn't kicked in yet. And then like after I think 45 minutes, I was fine. It's so weird. My gosh. Yeah. Anyways, (laughs) there's, there's me. (laughs) Jeez. That's a lot. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. So let's talk about Marissa. We have Marissa Uh, on this. Yes. I love her. She's your girl. You, you, uh, you tell us about her. So <laughs> I kind of talk about it a little bit in, in the episode, but when I first moved here, I went through like three different hairstylists and the last one, I loved her at first. She was, but she was very, very expensive. Um, and I had left there. I spent like $400 on balayage mm-hmm. and she's done balayage before to me. And I remember sending a picture to one of my best friends, Savia. And I was showing it to her and I was like, something seems off. Like, and I remember her doing my hair and she was using foils and she was doing the old school, like up and down. When you highlight. Yeah. And I didn't question her because she's done my hair before. Like she knows what I need. Yeah. And she took a picture and she posted it and it looked great in pictures. And like two days I went, two days afterwards, I went home, like I'm home and I'm sending the picture to my friend Savia and I'm like, I look like Rachel Green from like 1990s. Like I'm friends with the highlights. Like this is not balayage. So Savia like obviously confirmed me. She's like, yeah, no, that doesn't look right. 
So I, I spent like a week looking for a new person to go to. I didn't even go back to try to get my money back or have her. I wouldn't have let her touch my hair again. Yeah. So I found the salon that Marissa was at and I contacted them and I explained what I was looking for. I sent pictures and they told me to book with Marissa. So when I met Marissa and I explained to her, she laughed because she agreed. Um, and we had like a consultation. It was like a 15 minute consultation. The other thing she pointed out and I didn't, I noticed it, but I didn't like notice it is my hair was uneven. So when the woman was cutting my hair, for whatever reason, my right side was like an inch shorter than my left. So Marissa's like pulling my hair down and she's like, I don't know what happened here. Do you know that it took us a year to get that to like even out? And she actually like, I remember forget when she was in the new salon, she was like, Hey, and she pulled my hair down. She's like, we finally fixed it. And I was like, God, it only took us a year. Oh yeah, it gosh. was like the weirdest thing. So anyways, but yeah, so Marissa and I have um, <laughs> developed like this great friendship over there. It's like our husbands get along, we hang out. Um, and uh, yeah, she's she's absolutely amazing. She does beautiful work. Um, one of the things I love about her, which we didn't really talk about in the episode is that she hasn't, she doesn't nickel and dime you. She's very reasonable in her pricing. Like I go get my roots done um, and a haircut. And I think I'm like at $110, which is reasonable, right? Whereas yes. if I went to the old girl, it probably would have been like 250. Like that's plus just tip. plus tip. Oh, I can't oh. hear you. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. Technical issues. Technical issues. But she also, um, she does John's hair. But she is amazing. She's had, you know, obviously dealt with her own, like, personal issues. Um, and, you know, with her marriage, divorce, and, 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 you know, getting pregnant and whatnot. So we kind of bonded a lot over the pregnancy stuff over the years, too. And she's pretty much been through all of my stuff from the beginning. And I love how she talked about her being a therapy session because every time she's like, girl, what's going on? And then I would just like, break <laughs> down and tell her everything. So she's absolutely amazing. I love her. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed this conversation. I feel like not only does she have so much knowledge, but you can hear how passionate she is about it. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like for somebody who's been doing one profession for so long, like you would expect some kind of burnout or some kind of like, I do it because it's what I do, but she genuinely loves what she does and like the mm-hmm. connections she makes. And you can just really feel that when you listen to her speak. Right. So it was really cool. Cause I, I've heard about her, um, for a well, long Well, you time. met her, you also met her for my birthday when we did the game yeah, show, but yeah. I've never like actually sat down and had a yeah. conversation with her. So mm-hmm. it was really nice to actually talk with her. Right. Um, and this is a good one. Yeah. No, I feel yeah. like she has a lot, a lot to give. Right. And I love, she also talks about it too, about how she makes the space. I never, like, I obviously I know I'm getting my hair done, but I feel like I'm hanging out with a friend when I go get it done and it's like nice and relaxing and like you catch up and yeah. it, she's, she's just awesome. And I think she's done very well for herself, especially God, she's got four boys. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've <laughs> one and he's a handful. So I cannot yeah. imagine four. Yep. She's got four boys and they all range in, and you know, her two oldest are from her first marriage. Um, so I think one of them just started high school, which she was very like emotional about. And then she's got one that's in middle school. And then she's got the two twins who I believe are around two years old. They were two. Yeah. So she's a very busy, busy girl. <laughs> she's got a lot going on, but yeah. she seems to be killing it. So yeah. she's, and she's in Austin. So she's another local Austin. Austin. She's Um, in Austin. But yeah, we Um, hope you love this one as much as we do. Yeah, it was a great conversation. So with that said, we're going to go into our little spiel. Um, If you want to talk with us, contact us, give us some feedback. Um, You can always get us on Instagram at unlikely to apologize podcast. Um, You can also get us on our private um, or personal ones, I should say. I am Nikki underscore cams. I am Heather Lynn Flores. Yes. I feel like mine's really long. <laughs> also, you can send us emails at hello at unlikely to apologize.com. And especially the biggest portion of all of this is please, please, please leave us ratings. Um, yes. We, we need you guys. <laughs> Rate us. Leave us a review. 
That is the only way to bump our podcast up in our category for other people to find us. And I feel like we have so many incredible stories that we want heard. And the only way for these women who have been brave enough to share their stories with us to be heard is with your help. So help that help us help them. Yes. Help us help them. And also you might get something out of it. There's been a lot of feedback that we've received personally about listening to different people's episodes and how they have helped, you know, go through their own, you know, traumas, healing, even just day-to-day tips. (laughs) So uh, help us help others. And as always, we hope you enjoy this episode and we'll talk next week. Bye everyone. Hey, Marissa, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. Hello. How are you I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Doing fine. Thanks. How are you guys? We're We're good. good. Had some technical technical difficulties with my computer. (laughs) So hopefully everything's good. Cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. So just going to introduce you quickly to the audience. This is Marissa Landon. She has a salon here in Austin, who is also my hairdresser who saved me from what I like to call a nineties, like bad color job. (laughs) She was was like my knight in, (laughs) you were like my knight in shining armor. After I spent like almost $400 at a local salon, I'm not going to name them. I found Marissa on Instagram and I was like, can you please help me? And Marissa came in and like fixed my hair. And I should probably get those photos and share them in our stories because it's literally like a 90s chunky highlight. And I paid for balayage. Like it was just awful. So this is Marissa. (laughs) Hello, Marissa. I feel like I've heard a lot about you that I feel like I know you, but I don't know you. So for anybody like me who doesn't know you, can you tell us um, a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So I've been a hairstylist for 14 years now. Um, born and raised in Austin. So I have had the honor of really getting to be a part of the community here and uh, just kind of stay um, mixed in with my people. And, you know, I have people coming to me from high school and everything like that. So it's really cool to have a place that's safe for ladies to come to. Um, yeah, so 14 years in the game, uh, started at Baldwin Beauty School. Uh, And then from there, I became an instructor and then decided I wasn't ready to be an instructor. I wanted to go out there and hustle. (laughs) might come back when I'm like 50 or so. Um, And then I went back into the real world uh, and went into a salon. And then from there decided, you know what? I think I have too many kids. I don't think I can work for anybody. Um, So from there, I kind of decided like, I need to figure out how am I gonna navigate life with all these children, make good money and be happy doing it. So that's when I decided to take the step to become my own business owner. And I opened up M Landon Hair Studio about four years ago. And, uh, oh, wait, can I, I just want to interrupt because you posted on Facebook today that today was your four year anniversary of announcing that you were going out on your own. Yes. Anniversary. Happy anniversary. Man, guys, I was a hot mess four years ago on that day to make that decision, (laughs) you know, like everything. Oh my God, how am I going to make it? Am I going to make enough money? How am I going to feed my kids? Um, all those crazy things. And it was really scary. So, uh, Yeah. I totally said, you know, F you to fear and just did it. And I'm so thankful I did. That's awesome. So I'm going to take it way back. What made you decide to do hair? Yes. So, uh, you know, the first time I realized I wanted to be a hairstylist, uh, it's kind of a little bit of a sad story, but uh, I had a neighbor and uh, she was a hoarder. So she had a pretty bad house and she had children who were around my age and we were really close. And uh, the kids were always dirty, you know, and they kind of, it was just really, it was a sad situation. Um, I remember one day, the little girl who was my, one of my really good friends came over and I was like, you know what, let's wash your hair, like go get in the shower, take a nice shower. Here's some like bath and stuff. And, you know, here's a little mask and come back out and let's blow dry your hair and put makeup on and like do your hair. Mm -hmm. And I remember we just had such a beautiful day and I just felt so, it was just this feeling of knowing that like, this is something you really love to do. Um, So that was my first moment. But what solidified the deal was when I was in middle school, I was putting cornrows in all my girls' hair. Like, (laughs) so, 
you know, that's when I was like, oh yeah, this is definitely my thing. So, oh, wow. uh, so I've you've known for a long time that you wanted to do hair. Yeah. Probably since I was about eight years old. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. wow. It's funny you say cornrows because John, my husband makes fun of me. Cause whenever I have too much to drink, I'm like, I could braid hair. I was in softball. I could do this. <laughs> And I always attempt to do it. And it's just a massacre on whoever's head I'm doing it on. So um, I should not be practicing that anymore. Oh, you don't want to see it. It's, it's not a pretty picture. Um, but I do want to just also on a personal like thing, you mentioned all these kids, because I think it's very important to talk about all those kids. So Let's talk about that because I think one of the things I love the most about you is that you do have all these children and you still manage to run a business, be present in their lives and your marriage and everything. And I think it's just so commendable. So let's talk about that for a minute. Well, thank you so much, Nick. I really welcome that. Um, Yeah, let's talk about that. So I have four boys. Uh, I have a 14 year old in high school, which was like the scariest thing ever to go through this year, literally terrified, Um, but he's doing good. Mama's just still a hot mess. Um, (laughs) I have a 10 year old who thinks he's 30. Uh, His name is Evan. He's awesome. Totally me, uh, but in male form. So I'm totally in for it. Uh, And then I have two twins who are about to be two years old, who actually recently uh, have been diagnosed with autism. Um, So this has just been a lot of uh, growth in my life recently from that, um, from having that recent diagnosis. So yeah, mama's busy. Um, but you are, (laughs) I wouldn't have it any other way. And, uh, honestly, my studio is my happy place and it's where I come to, you know, get to feel like my authentic self, um, and run away from all the testosterone that's in my house. That was a lot of, I have, I have, so yeah, I live with my husband and then we have one 11 year old. And at times I feel like testosterone overdrive. So I cannot imagine having (laughs) all of what you have in your house. I would. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. That's, That's a lot. Male species. <laughs> so um, now that we've talked about that. So the next thing it's kind of what we're doing, as you know, we're doing this for uh, women owned small business and I butcher the name every time, but October is this like, you know, uh, memorable month for any woman that owns a small business. So you mentioned how you wanted to get started and you know, what kind of drove you, but like, let's talk about what you went through. So you did training, obviously you mentioned you trained to be an instructor. So, and you said, you're like, I don't want to do that. Let's talk about that a little bit. So you were in school and you learned all these things. You got trained to be an instructor, but then you just said, you know what, this isn't for me. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, um, I, so to go back into that, uh, I actually started school at this beauty school called Regency and, uh, this school is no longer around because it was a terrible school. Uh, but I finished 1500 hours from there. Wasn't given my hours. They were held for me. So I had to start all over again. Oh no. mm -hmm, And that's when I met Mr. Baldwin, his name, uh, Randy Baldwin. And I basically approached him and said, look, I just finished a whole program. Um, I do not want to do anything else besides hair. And I realize that I have to do this all over again. I have no money. I took out all my loans for Regency. What do I do? And that was when Mr. Baldwin said, if you complete my program with 80% attendance, I will give you a full scholarship here at Baldwin Beauty School uh, for your cosmetology. So I did it. I got my scholarship full ride with Baldwin. And um, from there, I fell in love with the family. Um, the Baldwin family is a beautiful family. The school is geared towards uh, making sure that the student succeeds and they get their hours versus let's try to get as much money from the student and stop her from getting the hours so we can charge her more. Um, so to find a family that was really true to that and uh, really wanted their students to succeed, um, I fell in love with them and I wanted to go back and I wanted to work for them. And so I uh, went into the real world, world for a little bit, got a little divorce, uh, found myself and then decided, (laughs) all right, you know what? I'll try the white coat. So, um, I was so, I'm so thankful I did. It was an amazing experience. Um, I got to help so many young women. It's another part of this industry that I can't wait to do later in life. Um, I still plan on going back and being an instructor, uh, but it's just really, it was very tough. 
It's, it's mm-hmm. very hard to be an instructor. It's to be a teacher. I give, I have so much respect for uh, people in the education community because uh, it's hard and I was just not ready for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I get that. I have friends that are like English teachers. And I remember when we were younger, when they were first starting out, like they would come over my house and hang out and it'd be like, all right, I have to grade papers. And I'm like, wait, what? Like you still are doing work after work, like, cause my job ended. Right. So yeah. I, it was done. So I can imagine. And then, and what is it like in that instance, like instruction? So like, how do you grade students in that perspective? Yeah. So it's all about like, um, with in the cosmetology program, they're graded based off of the hours they're doing. So, you know, as long as they're there putting in the work, uh, they're going to get the hours, which is going to give them the degree. Um, the grading scale is basically on their presentation, their technical abilities. Um, they, they have same classes as you would in a university uh, for main, um, like, you know, trichology, all that stuff, study of the hair, uh, chemistry, all that crazy fun stuff. So um, it's kind of similar grading scale as if you were to be at a university or anything when you're taking your tests and stuff like that. Um, I had to create the lesson plans and, you know, implement those. That was a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think it was very interesting grading adults. You know what I mean? Because like, you don't have students who are five or six. I'm grading, you know, 40 year old women, 36 year old women, you know, men, you know, they're 25. So that was interesting to like, gauge an adult and you know so help how them. old were you when you were doing that I was 26 years old 26 so did you find it difficult then to if you had people who were older than you did you feel like maybe they didn't respect you as much or did you not have that as an issue no, I never had that as an issue. Um, I really saw them each as just a, a person, a human being trying to better their lives. And I had a lot of respect for them. And I always came to work with, how can I help you get there? I want to make sure you're going to succeed. And I think I got the same respect back. So I really never had any pushback from anyone. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't know. Cause that's being that I feel like 26 is kind of young, right. To be an instructor. So I, yeah. I just didn't know if that was my thing. I actually have to that thank, was, uh, there was another instructor there named Kimberly. She actually passed away recently from breast cancer, but uh, oh. she was the instructor that kind of whipped everyone in shape. She was the mama bear. So I didn't have to worry about doing any of that stuff. She was that <laughs> one. <laughs> so that was, I was good on it. It's, it's yeah. kind of funny too, because I've talked about my past life of being like a manager and I had women on my team that were older than me. And I always felt not even just the women on my team, but just trying to give direction to other people in the firm that were older than me and then looking at me in that sense. So I'm so happy you didn't have to deal with that because I feel like there's this, and it might be my own personal thing, right? Because imposter syndrome, like this whole thing is like a thing and I won't get into that now, but it was always like a self-conscious thing of myself that I, because I wasn't old enough or I wasn't a man or I didn't have the experience like this person did, like, why are they taking direction from me? So I'm happy to hear that you didn't have to deal with that. That's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. That, that, yeah. I'm, that sounds great. <laughs> so I mean, you but, know, Oh, go ahead. I was say, you know, you've done my hair. You'd be like, are you stressed out? Cause I would lose a lot of hair. And I'm like, just a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I wanted to, um, ask you, I was going to say, let's, let's talk about, do you want to skip and talk about your business or do you want to talk about kind of any roles that you had that kind of led up to it, or do you just want to focus on the business that you have now and kind of how you started there and any, I mean, I'll go wherever y'all want to go. I mean, you just take me there. We could talk about whatever you guys would like to. Um, I think it's kind of important to talk about, like you got out of school, you decided you didn't want to be an instructor. So you start, I'm assuming I know, cause that's how I met you you worked in other salons, right? So that has some type of uh, impact on your decision to go on your own. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, So the really, the main reason why I decided to be on my own was because I really had to take a second and decide for myself, like what's going to truly make me happy and make me feel like I'm meeting my values and my morals as a human being. Um, And once I took took a step back and realized that my family and my children are the ones that truly bring me the happiness in my life. And, uh, you know, just being, being that, that person, a parent, um, 
I realized that I needed to figure out a way to make it to where I could be more flexible for my children. Um, I found that even before beauty school and kind of dabbling in these different jobs that it was very hard to keep a job, especially as a single mom. Um, I would always lose a job or I wouldn't make it on time. I, I, I got fired from a job one time that was like so hard on me to get fired, you know, but it was only because I couldn't be there because I had a sick child. So um, I think feeling all that stuff and being in those ruts and like just, you know, dropping your kid off at daycare at six in the morning and picking them up and it's nighttime at 6 p.m. Like it really got to me to the point where I needed to figure out how am I going to be able to be there and be in a place to make money? Um, and that's where, you know, I had to face the fear and open up a studio because I knew I can control my hours. I can control my income. Um, I can control everything that I need to control so that I'm not letting anybody down and I'm, you know, able to provide. Right. Oh, so working, working in a salon, you weren't able to have availability. It was like, they told you when you needed to be there. So it wasn't like you could be like, I want, you know, this schedule or I yeah. can't work this day or. Absolutely. And so, uh, so yeah, so all exactly. So, uh, as a hairstylist, you're, you know, the thought is, and the mentality is that, uh, especially out of cosmetology school, like you have to work weekends and that's when you're going to make your bread and butter. That's the weekend. You got to be there. Well, your kids are off on the weekend. That's when stuff happens on the weekend. So, you know, it's really hard to, to be there every weekend, but then you have these children that need you and you're missing all this time. Um, so I was, I was finding myself like, you know, not showing up or having the conflict with my children or, you know, just things were happening because I wasn't being authentic to what I really truly needed to be doing. Uh, but you know, what really sold me to become a hairstylist, I was talking to this owner of a salon that I worked at before I opened my studio. And, and what really made me do the jump was, uh, they were sitting with me and they were like, you know, Marissa, we just don't know what's wrong with you. You, you've been missing a lot of work lately. Um, you know, we just don't know what we're going to do. We're not sure if we're going to keep you. Uh, you're great. All your clients, you bring your own clients and we haven't had to find any for you. So when she said that, like, you're not even giving me clients, these are all my people that I'm, you know, I was like, okay. And that's literally that little sentence is what like just sparked, like, okay, Marissa, you're done. It's time to go and do what you've built up to do. So, right. I mean, if you were already bringing in the clientele anyway, you were doing the hardest part, I feel like of being a business owner and finding the paying clients. Absolutely. So absolutely. you were already doing that and you were probably not getting paid as much because the studio you worked for, the salon you worked for was taking their cut first and then paying mm -hmm. you out of that. So absolutely. yeah, that. I mean, that, was just, that would frustrate me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, well, yeah, it was very solidifying in my decision. Like, all right, yep, we're done here. You know, it's yeah. time for you. And I worked hard for that. I built, I worked really hard to get there. And so just to like take it, own it and just go on. Um, but then, you know, owning a business, that's scary. You know, like, what if they don't show up? What if people don't follow me? What if they really didn't love me? What if they don't, you know, all those what ifs kind of come into play. Um, so, yeah. One of so, my, um, oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to ask, are you in the original studio that you opened four years ago, or did you start smaller and move bigger? No. So I am still in my studio. Um, I love it. It's my little small, happy place. Uh, and it's so cute. I, uh, I, I can see it. It looks adorable from yeah, the video. Little fun space. It's where the magic happens. I'm a little sign up there. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I do plan on, um, getting a bigger kind of a play going on here and possibly opening up another location and bringing girls in and kind of training them and getting that kind of that love I used to have from instructing and kind of bring it into my business. Um, I definitely am planning on that. Uh, that just takes a lot of um, time and energy. And I just am so happy in my little bubble with my clients and my kids. So I definitely want to do that, but that's just probably like the five-year plan to, to kind of grow more. Okay. Yeah. I remember, um, to back to the conversation that you just mentioned about like your clients. Like, I remember when you told me that you're going, I was like, I'm following you. Like I've already been through three different hairstylists. I'm not going down this road again. Tell me where you are. I will drive. And just like 
for everybody's listening, I moved up north. So Marissa is located down south. My she even cuts my husband's hair, which I find hilarious because I was like, "Do you cut men's hair?" And she's like, "Well, kind of." But I was like, "All right." My husband wants a hairdresser, so or a hairstylist. So I brought um, John to see her. So John, John, and I both, and this is so funny and almost embarrassing to admit that we schedule our appointments at the same time. And we drive to Marissa. So Marissa does both of our hair. So she'll do my like roots and my cut or whatever. And then she cuts John hair. So like we singly plan our appointments to go see Marissa. So we take the 30 minute drive to go back there because I refuse. And I, and I think during the pandemic, and this is one thing I want to highlight too, is what you did during the pandemic. During the pandemic, you actually suggested me to other people because you couldn't go anywhere. And then you started doing little kits, which I thought was absolutely genius. Can you talk about those little like color kits that you created? Yeah. So, uh, oh man, the pandemic guys, what a time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. So, you know, it was really funny because, you know, a lot of the clients girl, I'm so sorry about this. I hope you're okay. Hang in there. Like the first week, right. We're all just rooting for each other. We got this stay strong three weeks later. Oh, you know, like, how are you feeling? Do you think you're going to open up? You know, been thinking about you praying for you. Good luck. And then of course, like eight weeks, we got into that. And it's like, I really need my hair done. So <laughs> what's the deal? You know, like that, the tone totally changed. So, um, I had to come up with something. So I decided that I was, I already had the formulas, Um, those were all my clients. I knew that they weren't going to have any type of allergic reaction. Um, so I went ahead and just created these already mixed, um, kits. So I would literally mix up the color before I dropped it off and have them ready to color their hair that second when I dropped the the kit off to their house. So it was just like, they're with me, but not with me. Um, yeah, it was awesome. It worked. I got us through those first few months through the pandemic and, and no one had gray hair. That's a genius idea. I feel like it was that, so great. I feel like I remember you talking about it. And I think that that I wonder if anybody else who did it, like, I wonder if that was something anybody else did. I'd never heard of anybody else doing something like that. Um, so that's a that's a genius idea for everybody involved. Like everybody wins. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Had to, she had this. <clears throat> sorry. She had this cute little packaging too. It was like all wrapped up. It was like, and she'd drop it off at your doorstep. It was adorable. I loved it. <laughs> oh my time. gosh. I love that. That's, that is such a great idea. So yeah. let's, um, let's kind of navigate through the pandemic, right? Because you had a couple months off and you were doing these kits and then you finally opened. Was that, and if I'm, if I'm proceeding the moment, please correct me, but that was around the same time that you found out you were pregnant with the twins, right? Yeah. So yeah, during the pandemic, uh, was pregnant with the twins. Yeah. You know how hard it is to not drink during a pandemic. (laughs) I do not because I was drunk every day. (laughs) I feel like I missed so many good times. No. Yeah. I, that was rough guys being sober during a pandemic was very rough, but we made it through. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it still worked the whole way through the pregnancy. I literally worked up until 35 weeks pregnant with twins. Um, Mm -hmm. and I came back to work four weeks, uh, five weeks after I had them. So yeah. Yep. Just pushed on through. Wow. Such a boss ass bitch, you know, (laughs) (laughs) so I want to talk a little bit about after the pandemic, obviously, because, and I'll, I'll use me as an example, you had suggested for me to go to other people because, you know, you were also pregnant, right? So your hours are a little bit more limited. So I was like, all right, girl, I need this done. I've waited. And you would suggest me to other people. Did you feel that the pandemic kind of hurt your business or did you feel like you were still able to kind of, you know, sail through? Um, I feel like I was able to sail through. However, it definitely did make a, it did hit my business. I mean, financially, um, it was a huge hit. I think I was able to sail through because I have a strong clientele and I was able to kind of navigate through it and figure it out to where the income was still coming in to be able to survive and stay afloat. Um, but it was definitely a hard hit. Um, on the pandemic, you know, uh, people didn't want to sit in the chair for a long time. So, you know, you would do the roots real quick. It wasn't really a lot of those long services where we're sitting in the chair together for four hours. It's really like, get me out of here. Let's not stay near each other too long. It was, it was still very, you know, hard times navigating. Like we just didn't know anything yet. So, um, yeah, I was going to say the unknown of what was actually real and what was fake news and being 
pregnant or then having brand new babies, I mean, you have to be cautious and protecting yourself and your babies. And with so many unknowns of what was happening, I can't imagine like that, that wasn't like a terrifying moment for you all around. And then again, like, not only are you worried about, you know, getting sick or your baby's getting sick, or you're also worried about right money and clients and a business. And so that's just a, a lot of, so if you couldn't drink then, what oh my did God, you you're do? All, like, you're what did you do? <laughs> like you're saying this, I think I blocked it out because you're talking about this and I'm like, oh shit, you're right. I did go through all that. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, how did you cope? I think during that, like, what did uh, you do for yourself? I mean, girl, I just went through it, you know, like that was some hard times and it was, you know, a lot of crying, a lot, a lot of crying, a lot of tears, uh, ice cream. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how I pushed through it. Honestly, I think I just took it day by day. Um, and, and, uh, kind of just had to work through the fear, you know, uh, we, us as we have to work in this country. Like, it's like, there's right. no other thing to do. So I think we didn't, I didn't even really get to like sit in that fear. Cause it's like, all right, we got to keep going. Like we, we got to keep moving. Um, so yeah, I think that's what got me through is just, you have to, you have to keep going. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't really have a choice. <laughs> I mean, and then right. you had other kids at home that depended on you. Yeah. Um, I had just had a question I completely blocked out. Oh, I was going to ask you. So when you, when you left the last salon that you worked in to start new, you had said that, you know, you had, you had a bunch of clients that you had brought in. So what was the first thing that you did? Um, obviously you had to find a space. Yes. Um, yeah. and did, did any of the, I'm assuming, I mean, I know Nikki came with you, but did all of your clients follow you or did you lose some of the clients because you were like, now I'm going out on my own. And for them, they're like, I don't even know what that looks like or means and that they didn't come or did everybody follow you? You know, like, honestly, everybody followed me. Um, I, awesome. I really don't. Yeah. Everyone followed me here. It was, it was awesome. I think the way I did it was a really smooth transition. I was trying to be really smart about it. Um, so first step was finding the place. Uh, the next step was creating my logo and my image and, uh, how I was gonna, you know, what, what is it going to look like? How's it going to feel? What's my studio going to be like? And then from there you get into learning all about licensing and, uh, the different types of certifications and licensing you have to have, uh, to have your own studio, which is really, it's just a bunch of jargon and, and you just have to pay money and they give you your paper and you have your, <laughs> so did you stay at the salon? Were you still working at the salon while secretly doing this or did you leave and then do this? Yeah. So, um, I, was not in a very good environment at that salon. So it was kind of secretive for myself. I was really just kind of keeping it to myself and, um, and like kind of locking everything in. And then once I found that out and I knew I, I was going to leave, like literally the second I walked out the door from that job, I posted that I had a place coming. So I was just oh, trying to make it like an easy transition. Yeah. Like, here we go. Um, and that bandaid off. Yeah. Yeah. And well, literally you have to protect thing. yourself too. I mean, you, yeah. you definitely have to protect yourself too, because if you're, if your employer knew what you were doing, I mean, there's nothing stopping them from being like, we'll just be done get out. And then oh, you're she, left totally, yeah. with, Absolutely. you know, a salon that's not ready for you. So, I mean, I feel like that was the right thing that you needed to do is, and people do it all the time, right? Nobody is like, Hey boss, I'm looking for a job. Right. Um, you know, keep yeah. me employed while I'm looking for a job. Like people Absolutely. look for jobs. It's the same kind of thing. Like, so you have to be smart about, you have to make, it's like chess. It's like playing chess, right? Yes. I'm going to be respectful to this person. I'm here. I'm working your salon. I'm still going to do everything I'm supposed to do, but Hey, I'm about to leave, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So and then from there, I, I think that it was just such a smooth transition. And then like I left and then they look on my Instagram and it says, oh, she's coming soon. And then from there, it was just messaging me and asking me where I am and me messaging them, letting know where I am. And yeah. Um, yeah. And the rest is, you know, four years later, we're still here. That's it's amazing. been awesome. I'm really I love it. That. Yeah, yeah, that's so uh, what is the biggest lesson that you had to learn about being a business owner taxes <laughs> <laughs> 
I think that's just human and like people in general, like nobody understands taxes. taxes. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, but yeah, I feel like, you know, um, it's a lot, it takes a lot to make a lot. So you have to invest a lot into a business. Um, I have to, you know, I have a lot of hats. I'm scheduling people. I'm making the inventory. I'm doing the social media and the marketing. Um, I'm, you know, putting all the notes in at the end of the day, I'm doing the laundry. There's just a lot of stuff, so many different hats in, in the business. Um, right. so, you know, it's a lot more, but I love it because I get to control every part of it. So that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like when people think somebody's a business owner, most people think that it's like this glamorous, you know, you've got a lot of money kind of situation and most, you know, businesses, um, you know, whatever the financial is, but I feel like the, the appeal for most people is like the glamorous part of it. And I feel like when, like, just in the few conversations we've had so far for this series, it's like, people don't realize all of the things that you have to do, right? Like taxes, insurance, certifications, um, all, you know, social media, all the things the scheduling, like everything that you just said, you have to do, you're like, I'm doing the laundry, right? You have to wash the towels. People don't, people don't think that. So Did you ever have the misconception about, oh, I'm going to be a business owner and it's going to be so glamorous and I'm going to make all this money and it's just going to be so fun. Or did you know going into it, like, damn, this is going to freaking suck, but I'm going to do it. No, I knew, I knew it was going to suck. Uh, (laughs) uh, Working at, um, at the school, I had to like do inventory. And so I kind of got to see how much color costs and all that. And then, um, you know, just seeing how the lady I worked for before, cause she had just opened that salon that I worked at. So I kind of got to see everything that she was going through. So I knew like, yeah, no, this is going to be hard, but all I could keep seeing was like my weekends free. So yeah, the flexibility <laughs> of, well, and having, I mean, I'm a mom, so I get wanting to just be with your kid and not having to miss things. And so that, I mean, that, end goal of being a present mom would outweigh any of the, any of the other shit that you had to do anyway. So I just didn't know if, you know, cause I always growing up, I always thought, um, you know, business owners. And honestly, until I met my husband, he owns several businesses. I always thought like, Oh, it's this glamorous lifestyle. You can do whatever you want. You make your own hours, like all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then being with him, I'm like, Holy, that sucks. He's on the phone all the time, having to deal and manage people. And you're always yeah. always on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, he's, I mean, it just, just watching it. It's, it's a new appreciation that I have for anybody who owns any kind of business because yeah. it's, I have a firsthand look at what that actually looks like. And people, people don't know until they're like in it, seeing it. So I just, I don't know. I feel like the women we've talked to so far, it's, they're all incredible and they're all very different businesses, but like what you're doing is it's great. I love it. You know, I, I, I love what I really, truly love what I do. I really, truly do. Uh, I was actually kind of had like an anxiety attack yesterday because I was trying to think, I don't even know why I let my brain go there, but like, what can I do later in life or what's going to be like my next thing? And I'm like, shit, like I have nothing else that I would want to do. Like I literally just want to be a hairstylist my whole life. So uh, I'm just thankful that I was able to um, find this niche early in life. And I found my passion. And um, I think what gives me the drive to do all this stuff and to show up for everyone and to be there for my kids, but be able to do this is that um, I've created a safe place for women. Um, I've created a place for a mom to come in who's exhausted from her kids, drink some wine and relax for a few hours and feel like herself. Um, A woman who is being abused by her boyfriend to come in and feel safe and talk about it. Um, A person who's lost a child or who's lost a partner or who's lost their mother. I mean, there's just, there's so many situations that happen in this chair with people and for me to create a space for women to come in. And I say women, cause I really honestly do like to just work with women. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to discriminate against men. I do men's haircuts, uh, but I made my room purple and I made it all girly <laughs> to kind of scare men away. But, uh, you know, um, I, I, I've always wanted to have that connection to women, um, and to create this this place. And, uh, and that's why I do it every day because it does a lot for me, but I know that I'm, I'm, I'm some, I'm something for someone too. 
Um, and I'm somebody's place to come and to feel loved. And, you know, that sounds so cliche and little, but love is very important. And even if it's coming from your hairstylist, who's loving you and rubbing your head and just, making <laughs> you know, like that's, that's important and we need those places. So if I can be a place like that, which is what I wanted to be for a long time, then, you know, Hey, let's do it. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I love that. And, and it is, it is funny that you that you say that because that is something that you think of, right? When, when you're getting your hair done, you do open up and you do have these conversations. And so it is, you, you want somebody, well, first of all, you want somebody that you trust because they're touching your hair. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so you it's definitely a- want somebody that you trust, but you're right because you do have these conversations, right? Like you're sitting in a chair. It's weird and awkward to just like sit there. And so to have somebody who makes you feel comfortable that you can have these conversations and you are having these women come to you that are going through really hard times and you actually care. I feel like that serves another purpose in addition to, I want to make your hair look fabulous, but I'm also going to lift you up and make you look, feel fabulous too. Absolutely. It's like a therapy session. Oh, totally. I feel like, uh, in hair cosmetology is the only only profession where you're working on someone on the outside and on the inside. Uh, oh, it that. really is. You're doing both at the same time. And, uh, and I, you know, I'm thankful that I am able to make them feel comfortable and to talk and to, to be that, you know, um, yeah, it's great. It is great. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I have a question. Do you have any regrets? Uh, besides the first husband? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I have, hey, I any have, regrets is any regrets, whatever you regret. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, no, you know, I, do, I don't have any regrets because I feel like every single thing that I've ever gone through has put me like right here where I'm supposed to be. So um, no, I'm good. I don't have any regrets. I, I freaking love, love that. Every so far, every woman we've talked to during this October series and we've asked that question to has all said no. Yeah. I love it. And I love it. It's fucking amazing. It's amazing. Life regretting shit. You know, you can't do that. Yeah. So I have a, I have a question that we've also asked. um, If you could either go back and tell your younger self, like you're looking at your 18 year old self now, or your 16, 17 year old self now, or just a younger person, and they wanted like your greatest piece of advice as a business owner, what would that be? Go out there and find the thing you love to do it or love to do and do it with all your heart. Just go out there, find it and do it and go for it because life is short. And if you don't make the moves you need to for yourself now, you're going to regret it, regret it later. So that's a really good one. I love it. And I love you so much. This is, this is amazing. This has been fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Nikki, I don't know what is happening with your video, but you're like in and out. I'm yeah, because it's dark now. It's dark now. I'm I'm on a, I'm in a remote area because I went to happy hour with John. So here I am, (laughs) but we're going to be my favorite thing is we're going to be mindful of time because I know you have two little sick twins at home. So I think Heather has one final question for you. I have one last question for you. And then you go home and take care of your sweet babes. Um, What is one thing you used to apologize for in the past that you are unlikely to apologize for now? Oh, that's easy. I used to apologize for having to make time for my children. Honestly, I like, that's what I used to apologize for to like make time for them and to go be with them. So yeah, I'm never going to apologize for that again. Yes. That's a good one. I love it. I love it. I love that you created a, created a life for yourself to put you first and what matters and what your values are first, but also being successful in it. And I think that's a very high, like commendable thing because you took what was kind of like a terrible thing in life because you weren't able to be a present mom and in what you what you were doing and just be like, you know what, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to change this narrative. And this is what I'm going to do for my life. And I think you've done an awesome job. And I like, I love you. This is great. Thank you so much. And uh, I really appreciate that. I love you too. Um, But you know, I wouldn't be where I am and healthy if I didn't take care of myself. And that comes along with making sure you're doing everything for yourself to make you happy, whatever, Right. you know, be healthy, be happy and love yourself. That's all you got to do. 
<laughs> that should be on a shirt. That should um, be. If people want more of you or they are looking for a new hairdresser because they got some bad balayage like Nikki did, where can they find you? <laughs> you can find me over here in South Austin. Um, I'm in Sunset Valley. Uh, and my Instagram is at M Landon Hair, M L A N D I N Hair. And uh, yeah, welcome. I always welcome new clients and, uh, and this is a place for any woman that wants to come and have a place to feel safe. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy schedule, um, <laughs> to do this. I, I really enjoyed speaking with you. Me yeah. too, Heather. It was so nice to meet you and, uh, Nikki it was so good to talk with you too. Thank you for having me on your show. Of course. I'll see you in the morning. Cause I gotta get these grace taken care of. <laughs> I'll see you at 9am. 9am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye guys. I'll have a good one. Bye, Bye you too. Everyone.